In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. On Wednesday this week, a handful of us, the maximum that is presently permitted for a gathering, brought our folding chairs and sitting at the required distance from each other in St John's Churchyard, said evening prayer together in honour of it being St John's Day. The sun shone, the churchyard was resplendent with wildflowers and it was wonderful to see familiar faces again. I know that we were joined by more of you praying with us in your own homes and what with the saints and angels that always hover around St John's, we were in fact an innumerable company. Inspired by Westminster Abbey's example that I mentioned last week, we too read Thomas Ken's prayer for a church door and then had a ceremonial opening of ours. It was meant to be a prayerful moment and to symbolise our hope that as light and air flooded in, so too might the Holy Spirit bring to us all those in need of a Heavenly Father's care, as the prayer said. We often say at St John's that we are at our best when everything seems like it is about to go wrong and in typical style the door stuck and needed an almighty shove and a good kick. It was impossible not to laugh. So much for it being a lofty spiritual moment at which we would all be thinking holy thoughts. Yet perhaps that moment of spontaneous joy and loss of control was what was most needed to happen. For the past five weeks, I have been involved in teaching a group of 15 men and women who are preparing for ordination or licensed ministry about the church. They are an inspiring group. Their hearts are full of gratitude at their sense of calling and they bring the best of themselves to a whole evening's study online after a full day of Zoom meetings as they work from home and the demands of homeschooling children and managing their households during the lockdown. They found the time to do the advanced reading required and patiently endured two and a half hour sessions on such things as the origins of the Church of England its doctrine of the church, its governance, ministry and role in public life. You felt confident that the churches they go on to serve will be in good hands. Yet it was hard to escape the feeling that ministry training, not just locally but across the Church of England, seems predicated on the notion that equipping the right people with the right gifts and firing in them bags of enthusiasm and energy will help to secure the future of the church. The language of mission permeated the course handbook and the section that outlined the fall in numbers attending churches, in baptisms, marriages and Christian funerals spoke clearly for itself. There is urgent work to be done if we are going to stay in business. There is an air of anxiety hanging over us all as we worry about small congregations, insufficient funds to prop up our buildings, too few people to fill the PCC and all the things we can't do 
because we don't have the resources. Yet the story of the birth of our patron saint suggests there is another way to think about the church. John's unexpected birth is announced to his father, the elderly priest Zechariah, as he is going about his duties in the temple by the angel Gabriel. The angel's first words to him are, do not be afraid. It's the most often repeated phrase in scripture and is what we need to hear again as the church today. The church is not a human institution that needs human effort to keep it going, but is, to use a New Testament term, the body of Christ on earth. It is an extension of the incarnation. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus' work of healing, redeeming and transforming continues through his church. And it cannot fail because it is founded on the surest and most certain thing in the world, which is the triumph of the cross. We follow a saviour who has already won the victory. So, do not be afraid, is the first thing to hear from the story of our patron, John. And John's birth brought great joy to the whole neighbourhood. Childlessness was seen as a curse, and who knows what private grief and sorrow Elizabeth had endured, or for how long. But now here she is, surrounded with all her relatives, friends and neighbours, the focus of so much happiness and celebration. If the church is Christ's, then we have cause to rejoice, because it is rooted in God's abundance and not our scarcity. The kind of abundance that can bring not just a new life, but a whole new future, where before there was only barrenness and no hope of a future. Anxiety is stripping us of our joy and is never going to draw anyone to Christ. So rather than being fearful for the future of the church, we should simply rejoice to be part of it. So as well as don't be afraid, John's story says to us, stop worrying, be joyful, delight in knowing that in Christ all things are ours. And maybe our patron has been whispering this in our ears all along. Whenever we can't get the music system to work, whenever we want to break into fits of giggles because none of us knows the tune of the hymn and we make a terrible row, whenever two people get up to do the reading or no one gets up, whenever we say we are at our best when everything looks like it is going to fall apart, maybe we have been speaking the truth. Maybe it's the joy of the kingdom kicking down the door of our need to control and freeing us up truly to praise God by enjoying him and enjoying one another and all his gifts to his church. Tomorrow, the church celebrates another biblical saint, the disciple Simon, who is told by Jesus that he will be the rock on which the church will be built.
and he's given a new name. Peter, meaning rock. Could any name be less appropriate for the unreliable and gaff-prone Simon? Could anyone be less qualified for that role? The other disciples must have roared with laughter. Yet here is another celebratory image of the church. In Peter, we see a sign of what we can all become in Christ. While we still await further direction from the diocese on reopening our churches, there is nothing to stop us in the meantime letting the Spirit gain entrance into our lives, blow the cobwebs away and make us a people overflowing with gratitude and joy. Amen.